0: Our text today, as we begin our thoughts about Christmas, is in Isaiah. Isaiah, the Old Testament book, Isaiah, chapter number 40 for our Christmas text today. As the song says, Christmas is here again, stand up and cheer again. Let's leave our heartaches and troubles behind. I love the music of Christmas. I play about six months a year. I love the decorations of Christmas. I love the food of Christmas. And I go back in my mind to Christmas in my early years when I was young. I remember that poverty couldn't stop Christmas. We celebrated it with great pleasure when we had next to nothing. I remember my brother and my sister and I worked here and there through the year for a few dollars sometimes a few quarters, that we saved for Christmas. I think one of the most exciting memories of Christmas for the three of us was to go together and buy a Christmas present for my mother. She often went without. She had one dress in her closet most of our early life, one pair of shoes, same old sweater she wore over and over for months. So buying her a Christmas present was just the happiest thing we could think of. And she gave hints of little things she wanted, things she knew didn't cost much. (laughs) And we often tried to buy those things from her wish list. And on Christmas Eve, the best moment for us was when we all sat around the Christmas tree and it was Mom's turn to open her gift. And we would say, okay, Mom, here's your gift, but you have to guess what it is before you open it. And she would play along and squeeze the package and shake it and listen to it. And she would take a guess. I think it's a mixer, and it was. (laughs) Or I think it's a sweater, and it was. And we were baffled by her uncanny ability to guess what was in the package. And so it became our ultimate goal to fool Mom. The element of surprise was one of the great joys of Christmas past for me. So one year, we bought her a lamp. Now the three of us secretly swore we would not give Mom any hints about what was in the package. We got a box four times bigger than the lamp. We stuffed it with paper so it couldn't move. And then we put a marble inside the package, trying to throw her off as it rolled around. And we seriously threatened our four-year-old little sister that if she told mom what was in the package, we're gonna make her life miserable. Well, finally, the moment came. It was Christmas Eve. We brought our package down in triumph. This year, we had her fooled. This year, she would never guess. This year, we would take her by surprise. So we presented her with a great big package and said, Okay, Mom, guess what it is. She lifted it up and shook it back and forth, and the marble rolled around. And she said, hmm. That's all she said. We laughed with glee. I think we finally fooled her. I think we finally took her by surprise. And just then our little sister popped up and said, Be careful, Mom. It might light up. (laughs) And Mom said, Oh, I think it's a lamp. (laughs) We wanted to kill our little sister. (laughs) And mom even guessed, and there's a marble in the box. (laughs) So much for the element of surprise. But it was fun trying. One of the great moments in all of history was the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem's manger. And for 4,000 years, God gave hints about that moment that was coming in the future. Prophecies is what theologians call them, but I think they were hints, little bits of information, suggestions, so that we could form an opinion about the coming of Christ ahead of time, and so that people could guess what was coming. One of the best poets that the world has ever known, one of the finest artists when it comes to language, was this man named Isaiah. His words were inspired by God, and he said things that echoed down through history over and over because of his beautiful language. In Isaiah chapter 40 is one of the most amazing prophecies about the birth of Christ. So let's look at it and see the element of surprise in the very First Christmas so Isaiah chapter forty begin reading at verse one comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished her iniquity is pardoned for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins as he begins Isaiah tells us that God told him to speak special words, words of comfort to the Jewish people. There have been hard times, times of trouble, but now a promise, it's over, and God wants to comfort you to make you feel relieved and to give you hope and to change your whole attitude. No longer are we to be sad. This is a time for feeling good. Sins are all forgiven, and so a new day has come. My friends, As we come to Christmas, I don't care what the world is doing out there. I don't care how twisted and confused this world has become. Christmas is a time of comfort and joy. And I come to speak comfortably to you about Christmas. So let's get some more of this Positive message. Verse 3 The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every mountain shall be exalted, and every mountain in the hills shall be laid low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Get ready, he said, because God is coming. Get prepared. Build a highway for God. Smooth out those rough places fill in the valleys, straighten out the crooked roads and make a perfect place for God to make his entrance. He's coming, so get ready. And here's what's gonna happen in verse five. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In Handel's Messiah, this verse was put to some of the most Beautiful music ever written by humans. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Wow, how exciting it is. The glory of God blazes out. God arrives, entering on his perfectly prepared highway. Here he comes in a display of glory. Now, where have we seen that before? Where have we seen the glory of God blazing out? Well, how about on Mount Sinai with Moses? The whole top of Mount Sinai is covered with fire. Black smoke is billowing out of the flames. The earth is trembling and quaking, and God comes down on Mount Sinai. Glorious and terrifying. Moses walks up into the smoke and fire. Wow. That's the glory of God for sure. Or how about Elijah? He's on Mount Carmel. As the sacrifice that he's about to make is drowned in water. Completely soaked. Elijah says, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob... Come and show these people who you are. And fire falls down from heaven so intense, the water evaporates instantly from the sacrifice, and the wood and the meat are completely consumed, and even the stones of that altar melt into lava. Wow, that's a glorious display, is it not? Of course it is. Or what about Ezekiel the prophet, who sees God? He said, I looked high up in the heavens, and there was God sitting about a throne, lifted up over top of the cherubim, and his throne is surrounded by this glorious rainbow, and a sea of glass is at his feet. It's an amazing display of the glory of God. So says Isaiah, this is gonna be a glorious display. So much so that all flesh will see it. Everyone, all flesh, not only Jews, but the whole world is going to see it. This is going to be exciting, he says. A display of God's glory like you have never seen before. It must be fire and smoke and earthquake and tremors and lightning and rainbows. Majestic and powerful Rest assured, God's glory will be revealed. Why? He says, because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God declares it to be true. God promises a glorious display. So Isaiah says, you better get ready, all the people on earth, because God is coming. And Isaiah is all excited with anticipation, and he hesitates just in a moment of thought. And suddenly God says, Isaiah, cry. Verse number six. And the voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass and the goodliness thereof is as a flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass and grass withereth and flower fadeth but the word of our God shall stand forever. God says, cry out Isaiah. He says, what? What do you want me to say? He says, say to these people who I'm gonna appear to when I come down that highway. All flesh is grass. God is coming. Make sure they understand that in God's presence they are nothing more than blades of grass grown up in a day, cut off suddenly, and like a blade of grass withering away in an hour or two, let them feel insignificant when they see the glory of God revealed. Then for sure they will feel humbled and become keenly aware that they have a lack of power. A glorious display of God's power and might will cause them to wither away like grass. So wow, what kind of a display will this be that makes the human race shrink away into nothingness? Verse 9. O Zion that bringeth forth... Good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. I just love it. Okay, you Jews, he says. You got good news. Good news. God is coming, so get to a place where your voice will carry. Climb up on a high mountain, let your voice go out, shout it out. Don't be afraid to shout it out. God is coming with power in his hand. He said his arm is outstretched to rule. So as soon as he arrives, shout it from the mountain, and here's what you are to shout. Behold, behold your God. In a glorious display of power, behold your God. Behold, as Isaiah puts it, the glory of the Lord is revealed. And then, there it is. Right before your eyes. Surprise. There it is. The very first Christmas surprise. A package all wrapped up. And can you guess what it is? (laughs) What did you expect? Fire and smoke and earthquakes and thrones of sapphire and seas of glass and rainbows the glory of God revealed. And when the curtain is drawn back, you can see it. Surprise! No smoke. No fire, no throne, no rainbow, no nothing. It's a little tiny baby. Well, he must be in a palace surrounded by his attendants. No, he's laying in a barn in particular in the manger, and that's where the hay is stored so the animals can eat it. Is that his bed? Nothing majestic about that. As a matter of fact, he has all the signs of abject poverty. And who's with him? A young lady and a man and a few shepherds. Surprise, not what you expected. is Surprise, look, when you shouted it from the mountain, behold your God, you can't be talking about him. Human babies are just about the most helpless, weakest creatures on the whole earth. They can't walk, they can't talk, they can't feed themselves. They can't even survive unless someone gives them total care. A human baby is no great display of power. So this baby lying in this manger cannot possibly be the same person Isaiah has described. This cannot be the glory of God revealed. Surprise. You never would have guessed it. You never would have guessed that package. But we're making preparations and plans and expecting a display of glory. After all, God says so. Surprise. That's it. That's it. That's what it was. So prove it to me. Prove to me that that poor little baby lying in a barn on a pile of hay is the glory of God revealed. Okay, just on the edge of town, outside of Bethlehem, there's some shepherds. They're keeping watch over their flocks at night. And suddenly... The night sky fills with light and one angel comes down to talk to the shepherds. Don't be afraid. But down in Bethlehem there's a baby been just been born. He is Christ the Lord. And here's a sign for you so you'll recognize him. He's wrapped in rags and he's lying in a manger. And as the scripture says, suddenly, instantaneously there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. Oh you've seen the smoke on the mountain. and You've seen the fire and the sacrifice. And you've seen the throne surrounded by a rainbow. But this is more glorious, and this is more spectacular. This is the highest glory you have ever seen. God became human. The minute, the very second, he is born as a human, Angels come down and announce it to a world of unsuspecting, unprepared, uninformed humans. God had created a race of humans, and he watched as they disobeyed him, and he watched as the race fell. He was high and lifted up in heaven, but he simply couldn't abandon the people he had made. So he became one of them. And the angels also surprised, came down and sang glory to God and I. Asked. This baby means peace on earth. This baby means God is filled with goodwill towards men. This baby means God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And once God came all the way down and became human, he stayed human forever and ever. when isaiah said the glory of the lord shall be revealed the glory was this the fact revealed was that god is driven by love and motivated by kindness and moved by compassion but he is also bound by his own justice and so in order to be true to who he was he came down to earth because human, he became human so that he could take the punishment for all sins, substitute himself and die in our place. And in that way both love and justice could be completely revealed and so it was in Jesus' birth the glory of the Lord was revealed. And So the element of surprise filled that first Christmas. What about the next phrase? All flesh shall see it together. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was announced to a few shepherds. But to the rest of the world, it was still a secret. 33 years later, which comes in my mind is the amount of time this church has been operational. (laughs) Doesn't seem like long. 33 years later, Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead, and before he went back to heaven, he told his disciples, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so they went, as they were told, they went from India all the way across the face of Europe up to England, and others went after them. But then in the Middle Ages, the church lost its fire, And became self centered, and the message got stalled out. So God raised up a new movement. People no longer free to worship went in search of something better and God sent pilgrims and Puritans and men of God to a new land and people came to America to be free to worship and the flame of God was rekindled and from England and America the story of Christmas and Calvary and the empty tomb went to Africa and South America and Japan and China and all the way to the South Sea Islands and that's why America was created it was God's way to accomplish the mission and so now all over the world Christmas day comes and the world celebrates the birth of Christ what my little sister said be careful you touch the package it might light up has been the case all over the world the light has come the glory of the Lord has been revealed it must ever be so because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And so this year, if you say Christmas is no big deal, and you complain about it, try to minimize it, don't hang around me, please. (laughs) It's the best thing that ever happened. And I intend to celebrate it with vigor and intensity. It was made by God to bring comfort and joy, he said. So I say, Christmas is here again. Stand up and cheer again. Let's leave our heartaches and troubles behind. Surprise! Surprise! On that first Christmas, the glory of the Lord was revealed. Nobody ever imagined it would be like that. What a surprise. If you just would have read one more verse further, though... You would have seen in Isaiah 40, 11, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms, carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. Come to Jesus for his gentle care and his kind guidance and be comforted by him during this glorious Christmas season. That is what is in his heart give to you on this Christmas season. So may God bless you all and Merry Christmas to you all. (laughs) Shall we pray, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the excited words of Isaiah as he told us that God was coming. And then when we saw what came, we were surprised by that. But what a thing it did become as he came into this world to help us, to rescue us, and to bring us comfort and joy. We thank you down in our hearts for what you did on that first Christmas day. What a pleasure it is for us to think about it and celebrate it again. So help us, Lord, we ask, that we might have full hearts through this season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn over with me, if you will, your hymn book, hymn number 378. Standing as we sing, hymn number 378 God rest ye merry gentlemen. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Standing as we sing 378.
1: Page 378.
2: said babe was born
1: closing a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we are grateful that you made this great surprise for us, that you looked down across humanity and knew that we were wretched sinners, that we had no hope without you. Lord, help us ever to be grateful that you came on earth as a human, not only to be sacrificed to live and die and live again, but to stay human because you loved us so much. That you have risen in heaven and you are awaiting us, that we may all be together someday. We are grateful for that. We are ever grateful for the opportunity to be forgiven. At this time of year, may our hearts be full with that wonderful love Christ. May we share it with others and may we bless others and give others comfort and joy as you have given to us. Lord, we are grateful for these things and we ask for protection and care as we go from this place, bring us back to this place and may we leave behind the spirit of Christmas with others in that that is the spirit of the living God. We thank you for those things and we ask for your help in your name.